just because you decide to come out of clinical practice, I don't think it means you failed. And I think a lot of people feel that they failed because they're not able to continue in clinical practice. It's career progression. You're still a vet nurse. You're just doing something slightly different. And we need people to diversify. We need lecturers. We need people in business. We need commercial stuff. We need nurses in every single aspect of the veteran profession, because the only way the vet profession is going to get stronger is by having vet nurses, and use the word, infiltrate <laughs> every different aspect of the profession. Make it sound like something out of Terminator 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> World domination. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of the VN Times podcast that looks forward to BVNA Congress, taking place in Telford from the 7th to the 9th of October. This is the first of two episodes previewing Congress, which this year carries a theme of building resilience. As well as discussing the subject of resilience, these episodes will review some of the BVNA's initiatives over the past 12 months and look at what the future holds. RVN Nicola Lakeman is this year's keynote speaker, and she will be given an insight into some of the occasions where resilience has played a part in her career. Ahead of Congress, she joined us to share her excitement for the event and discuss how she hopes delegates will be able to relate to her experiences. Morning Nicola, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Great to hear. A couple of months away from returning to Congress at the time we're recording this, and I can see from your smile you are very excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> you speak for all of us on that one. Oh, I love Congress. I love all Congresses, but BBNA Congress is, it, it's, yeah, it's the best. It's the most exciting. I'm a nurse, so yeah, it's all about nursing. It can't get any better than that, really, can it? <laughs> Fantastic. And especially for you this year, in all honesty, because you're the keynote speaker aren't you yes (laughs) looking forward to it well um anyone that 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 knows me will know I get really nervous before I speak um which might surprise quite a few people because you know I lecture and I speak at congresses you know for many many years but I get really nervous about it I'm absolutely petrified (laughs) about this congress and I think it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? You always get really nervous when you really care about something, when you're really passionate about it and you really want it to go well. So, yeah, if you see me having a little breakdown beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, if you're not nervous about it, there's an element I always find that if you're not nervous, you don't care. Yeah, you're a bit blasé maybe about it, yeah. And I, I'm going to see you're talking to a sort of biased population because we're that passionate you know we're really passionate about you know our career and you know just just everything so yeah indeed (laughs) and that's the place where all this kind of passion and excitement comes out and I'm sure that's going to happen in your keynote which we'll get onto in a moment but just before we do other key bits of the congress that always stand out to you because obviously from Plymouth where you are it's a long trip to Telford And I imagine you've got a long, what, three, four hours of just kind of building up this excitement. And then, yeah, what bits stand out for you from like when you leave the house? (laughs) So leaving the house, it's always, um, it's a road trip, isn't it? (laughs) So yeah, like all road trips, you need lots and lots of sweets in the car and, you know, off you go. (laughs) So there's a bit of a sugar rush going on. We always stop at Bristol because it's sort of halfway. 
um, and Bristol to me means you're leaving the southwest. <laughs> yeah. Anything north of Bristol is you've left. But I love going to BVNA. I just love seeing other nurses. I think we learn as much from that networking element than you actually do from from the lectures, and we've missed that, haven't we? Very much so. You know, webinars are great. They're absolutely brilliant. But I think we need that contact with others. And I think that's really important. So it's, yeah, it's just a big road trip. And, and normally we, yeah, there's quite a few nurses, not just from the practice that I used to work at, but other nurses in, in our area. And we would all go together. Of course. There's certainly a quality conversation to be had, isn't there, when it comes to in-person events compared to webinar that you just can't have. Oh, yeah. And that's why we're looking forward to it as much as anyone else. But that's why the, the social things are, are so important. Yeah. Because you'll go, you'll go to a lecture and you'll have your thoughts going in, in going on. And then you, you come out and you go around the exhibition and you'll go to a social event and you'll speak to someone that you haven't seen in ages. And you go, oh, did you go to that lecture? And they'll go, oh, yeah, that bit about whatever. That would be really good if we could do that or do this. And you're like, oh, I haven't thought of it that way. But that's really good. So... I think that's really important. Uh, I think that follow-up after the lecture is, is so important. And that's why, yeah, that social aspect of, of Congress is a, a vital, really. Couldn't agree more. Now, this year's Congress obviously has a big theme around resilience. It's been Alex Taylor's presidential theme throughout her year. And obviously that comes to the fore at Congress. You are obviously giving the keynote around resilience as well. But before we come specifically on to your keynote, I think it's worth pointing out and emphasising the fact that resilience comes in various forms and it is vitally important as an element within yourselves and the veterinary team to ensure it's almost like an awareness, isn't it? Yeah. And I'll be very blunt. I really actually hate the word resilience okay. and what people's initial thoughts of what resilience is. And if you go and look in the dictionary at the actual definition of resilience, what it means is not really what we mean. Yeah. <laughs> so resilience is just being able to withstand constant pressure over and over and over and over and over again. We're actually, yes, you, you need those skill sets to be able to withstand some pressure and some stresses, and maybe some situations that aren't ideal, you need those skill sets. And I think that's what we're, we're at, you know, at this Congress talking about, is how to build those skill sets. But it's wrong to sort of completely, you know, stand there forever, you know, for an indefinite period, withstanding all that stress. We need to go, hold on a minute, take a step back. How can we approach this differently? How can we change this situation that we're in? And, you know, make things better for the next person that comes along or, you know, for the next patient or, you know, how do we learn from, from that? So I think, you know, if we're talking about resilience, it's, it's several different stages, isn't it? Yeah. Learning those skill sets, being adaptive. And I think vet nurses are very good at being adaptive, but then also, you know, changing our viewpoint, maybe approaching it in a different way, you know, doing something about the situation. I think that's really, really important. And this is obviously a theme that delegates will find is woven throughout the whole Congress program. Mm, yeah. So coming to your keynote, how are you going to get that message across to delegates? So um, you may not realise, but I'm, I'm, I'm an older veterinarian. <laughs> I'm not judging anything like that. 
Um, and yeah, it's yeah, been in practice for, for 30 years and it's very much a, a been there, seen it, done it, got the t-shirt, got a badge, got <laughs> and all the rest. But I think my teenage daughter would tell me it's it's an Instagram society. And all people see out there is, you know, the, the picture of you stood at the top of the mountain where you succeeded, the money shot. People don't see the the journey to get there. Yeah. So, and I think that's really important that when you get people that are lecturing at Congress or doing a keynote speech or anything, you get read out that little bio, don't you, at the beginning? Yes. And I think we should scrap those and to actually say, well, you know, this, yes, you know, I've, I've won awards and done this, but it's a hard journey. Yeah. And it is about resilience and it is about the people that are with me on that journey that supported me. Um, and I think it's important that people get that, that just because maybe you're not doing that well at the moment or, you know, you feel like you're not succeeding, you're not striving, doesn't mean that you're failing. Yeah. You know, it means that, you know, it's just part of the journey. And we've all been there. And I'm quite frank and blunt and I'm quite honest in telling people, and I will be in my keynote, you know, about my journey and how, some people will just, you know, when they hear it, will just go, oh, my God, I never realised that, that, you know, and they can relate to it. I think that's important that, you know, people can relate to to that. They're not just seeing the money shot. Of course. <laughs> Actually understanding that everyone has to go through these things, but you need to build your own skill set of you know, those skills to be able to work in, in vet practice and, and life and, and everything else. I have to ask, if you had a biography at the start of it, what would your biography say then? Instead of all your previous experience and qualifications, what would your biography say? If you've ever, ever, ever given a lecture, you're all, you, know, you normally have a chairperson, and that chairperson yeah. will come up to you and they'll go, they've given me this bio, what do you want me to say? Do you want me to say the whole thing? Or do you want me to just put, I went, just say, this is Nicola, she's worked in practice for 30 years, this is her current job title, she has a dog well, she has two dogs and <laughs> that's all people need to know because <laughs> what they're there for is the content of, of, of the lecture the people that have organized the congress the the lectures are, in, are you know going to make sure it's someone that that knows their subject field so yeah I think it's important to have a speaker that people can take the information and and then use it themselves in practice and I suppose as well just thinking and I remember back to last year when I'm sure it was BVNA Congress. There was a particular push on new speakers. Mm. Do you think that seeing everyone's long list of qualifications and experience and previous work history, do you think some people might find that off-putting? Some people will, yes, definitely. I'm a huge supporter and I, I do and I have mentored a lot of nutrition people and doing certificates and VTSs and things like that. And, you know, I'm the number one person for pushing people for, if you want to do this, just put your names out. I don't think people realise how, you know, different publications want people to write for them. They want people to lecture for them. Here, on that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I've, had, I've overheard comments before of, oh, I don't want to write a, a, an article because that person always writes for them. Well, actually, normally what happens is they want an article on, let's say nutrition and nobody's there so they'll go to the people that they know and go oh, I've got a gap I've got advertising already paid on you know by a nutrition company I need to have a nutrition article I've got no one to write it can you write another one 
And that's what tends to happen. So please, people write more stuff. And if you want someone to just read through it beforehand, there's so many people out there that are happy to help with that. I know BVNA are really happy to have new speakers, especially for their regional meetings. So if you just want to dip your toe, should you see yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of field, then then yeah, I'm speaking on behalf of the BVNA here. <laughs> I'm sure <they> <laughs> I was going to add a bit in a minute on behalf of VBD. It's absolutely fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, go for it. And even like with social media now, doing little podcasts, um, all all of those sort of things you can just, you know, put out there. So there's loads of opportunities to do things like that. I couldn't agree more with a lot of what you say. And and we are in the same boat at, at VBD, whether it's Vet Times or VM Times or VBJ with the business content. Me, ahead of the Congresses. Uh, I mean, obviously, with the Congress Times, everything in the issue is taken from the lecture program. Embrace the platform is what I always try to tell people. You know, we're here to give you the pedestal, just like with the BVNA, with the event, and with the VNJ as well, obviously. You know, use it as a pedestal. Get your name out there. Share yeah. your opinion. Get involved in the discussion. Mm-hmm. The more people, the merrier. Yeah, definitely. Now, your lecture on resilience, you obviously hinted at it earlier you think some people might be surprised by some of what you will talk about. Obviously, I'm not expecting you to go through absolutely everything, (laughs) but what can people expect? Because I imagine it will not only, you say amaze, but I'd like to think actually more it would inspire. Well, yeah, I I really do hope so. Um, You know, I've done, we we did, um, this is us which was the theme for BVNA Congress two years ago. And yes. um, I did a sort of little 10 minute, this is actually me. And I'm going to say I've had more feedback from that 10 minute lecture I gave than all the other lectures I've ever given of my wow. entire career. And, and yeah, I took that bio that you normally read and I wrote a different one and, you know, explaining everything. So most people, yeah, I've just passed my master's degree in advanced veterinary nursing from Glasgow. Congratulations on that. Thank you. However, that doesn't explain that I only passed my veterinary nursing qualifications on my last attempt of my OSCEs. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that we, we not to celebrate, <laughs> celebrate that I eventually passed, but I think that really shows that just just because I didn't pass my exams first time doesn't make me any less of a vet nurse. I'm going to say some of the best vet nurses I know didn't pass first time. And if you're in that situation where you are struggling with your exams, you know, it's not necessarily you. It might be the support you have around you. It could be, you know, your exam technique. There's loads and loads of different things. So and that's just one example. And I have to add that when it comes to exams, they can be so daunting, yeah. can't they? Yeah. And... It's almost like a fear factor, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. With exams that just takes over everyone. My mum has been doing a diploma for the past couple of years for her job. And as part of it, she's had to do a maths exam. Mm -hmm. Maths is not her strong point. And she failed it four times. And it was starting to turn into a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that, I don't want to say it's the resilience that builds up over time, because you've already said you hate the word. But life lessons experience yeah. yeah it's it's sort of been able to to take the fact that okay we can keep going and we can keep going and we keep taking the exam and, and that's the resilience aspect 
But actually, we need to take a step back a little bit and go, what do I need to do differently? How do I need to approach this? What help can I get from someone else to be able to to do this? Because sometimes someone go, oh, why don't you do it this way? And you're like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So sometimes you just need that little spark. Just go, oh, God, yeah, okay. And um, if anyone's seen Alex and I did some, um, Alex did a whole series of podcasts looking at chronic illness. And again, um, I had a, we're going to call it a stroke, a neurological cock up. <laughs> um, and I lost the use of my arm. I couldn't speak properly. I was slow. Everything you would imagine with a, a stroke, but it yeah. wasn't. Um, I never got a diagnosis. And I know a lot of people with chronic issues don't they don't get a diagnosis we just manage the clinical signs that you present with so I do have chronic pain I still can't use my hand properly I've had to adapt I've had to learn how to put IV cannulas in left-handed all of those sort of different things as, as, as well so yes there is a resilience to to that but it's also those adaptive skills as, as well of sort of going okay well I could quit vet nursing and, and do something else or I can just learn you know a new new set of skills and, and go down that route very much so i like your description of a neurological cock-up yes no diagnosis or anything i do think it's it was stress it's all sorts of different things and then just the neurological system just imploding almost on itself when was that 10 years ago that proves your point though doesn't it about building that resilience and building that adaptability it's self-development, essentially, learning new skills and yeah. diversification, I suppose, is an element of it as well. Yeah, but it also it's a sort of sometimes you need, not because it's a catastrophe, to me it was, but sometimes you need an event, you need a something for you to just stop and go, okay, I need to reevaluate, I need to, to look at, at, at different things and just prioritise what is important. Um, and, and yes, I've, unfortunately, I've had quite a few of those. <laughs> um, and during my master's, I'm going to say, again, if it wasn't for the support that I got during doing my master's degree, and especially from Glasgow, if it wasn't from the, the support of the course tutors, I wouldn't have got through that. Um, again, lots and lots of, of, of things happened in my life. Um, I got divorced. My best friend passed away. You know, lots and lots and lots of, you know, big things that really made me think, yeah. And my course tutor, she was like, right, we need to reevaluate. We need to do, you know, do something. And, and yeah, I ended up taking a, a year out. I, I failed some of the modules in the masses, so I had to retake them. But it really made me think, okay, I, I can't keep going and going and going. I need to stop. I need to reevaluate. I need to prioritize my home life sort it all out <laughs> yeah. and carry on and again at that point I, I just I made the big decision to come out of clinical practice and I know lots and lots of people that are in that position at the moment thinking I need to reevaluate. and I think that's really important that, that we do that that we reflect back on things actually quite regularly not just when you have that catastrophe implosions <laughs> event um, and just because you decide to come out of clinical practice like I did, I don't think it means you failed. And I think a lot of people feel that they failed because they're not able to continue in clinical practice. You know, it's if I said it's career progression, 
it's you're still a vet nurse you're just doing something slightly different I think a lot of people go oh okay (laughs) I agree you certainly haven't failed if you leave clinical practice veterinary nurses well veterinary professionals full stop have very diverse skills that can be put into good use across the spectrum yeah and we need people to diversify we need lecturers we need you know people in business we need you know you know commercial stuff we need nurses in every single aspect of the veterinary profession and not just working in in clinical practice because the only way the vet profession is going to get stronger is by having vet nurses and these were infiltrated <laughs> every different aspect of, of, of the business of the profession make it sound like something out of terminator 2 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> world domination <laughs> brilliant but no it's, it's a good thing there was a phrase from the dreaded covid pandemic while you were talking about the support aspects that sprung immediately to mind for me and that was there is an element of we're all in this together mm. Yeah. When it comes to these challenges, these issues that may arise, if you're struggling mentally, I just think we should put a shout out that help and support is available. Mm-hmm. And we're all part of really strong, really good, really effective teams, aren't we? Well, I think that's that's key. You know, we are a vet nurse team. And it doesn't matter if I work at Plymouth Vets and someone else works at a different practice. You're, you're still a, a part of my vet nurse team. Yeah. And I know some people are going to be in really good positions to, to help support others. You know, some people just have that genetic makeup, don't they, of being able to, to support others a lot more than, than, than others. Yes. But don't think just because you feel, oh, I, I don't have it in me to help, you know, support and all those. Even just something tiny, you know, that you know those really, those questionnaires that you get on Facebook going, please, can you help me with my dissertation by filling out this questionnaire? Yeah. Trust me, just filling out that questionnaire is supporting another vet nurse. Yeah. Even though it's, it's, it's maybe all that you can do at the moment, you know, because you're really prioritising you, maybe, and you feel that you can't help others. Just something little like that is huge, absolutely huge, because that person that's doing their dissertation might need 30 people to answer that questionnaire. And if they only get 25, you know, how do they complete their degree, you know, whatever. So something little like that is a massive thing to someone else so don't feel that you're not doing enough to help others because sometimes what you think is a little tiny thing is a massive thing to to someone so don't put yourself down feeling I don't do enough to support the profession because even tiny things really really do make a difference they certainly do and we're the same we get requests to share those same surveys and please people if you do see them take the five minutes to fill it in because it helps someone on their journey to get into where they want to be and then we'll help them with their resilience and well-being and career development and I could go on and on here (laughs) that person might be a colleague further down the line yes yes what are you expecting or hoping from delegates at your keynote are you expecting a back and forth discussion about resilience are you hoping people might open up as part of a broader discussion or are you hoping they just take something away that makes them think about their own situation um i'm very much if anyone's ever ever been to a lecture that i've ever given you'll know i always end up picking on someone in in, in the (laughs) 
normally someone I know, so it's okay. You're making everyone sit at the back, Nicola. Stop it. <laughs> I normally have my daughter sat at the front, and I normally pick on her, but she's actually got to a point now. She's like, no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I think it's really important to have that sort of frank sort of discussion. And if people, you know, if I'm giving a, a, a you know, a lecture of, a, you know, anything, and people have something you know, that they really want to say anything was really relevant and anything just to, yeah, let's, let's hear it, let's share it. Fantastic. We look forward to people doing that because I think the more out in the open it is, the more, I suppose, understanding of other people's situations and issues and elements that could be taken on board. And that leads to the next question I was going to fire at you, which is obviously there's been a lot this year in Alex's campaign about resilience How's the campaign gone through your eyes and how proud are you essentially of what Alex has done to get that? But obviously that's going to carry on, isn't it, beyond this year? Yeah, I think the, the timing is perfect. You know, the last few years have been horrific, haven't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't think of any other word. But I think we also need to view it as an opportunity to, you know, who, who would have thought sort of five years ago about nurses doing telemedicine nurse clinics? You know, so the pandemic has given us a few opportunities. It's forced our hand almost to sort of diversify and look at things different different ways. So I think that there's been positives. There's been quite a lot of negatives. <laughs> but the BBNA have, have worked, you know, relentlessly, you know, looking and helping and really supporting the whole profession through, you know, this turbulent time <laughs> and you know it's 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 everyone that's part of the bvna it's you know the council members it's the regional people as well that are able to sort of you know speak to people locally and and stuff so i think yeah the campaign has, has been really good i think it's really highlighted the importance of that teamwork that building those skill sets to help you with your resilience and and not being afraid to say help can can someone help me with this I think we're we're all getting better at that. Slowly but surely. Yeah. (laughs) One way I'd like to think that VNs will look to address that will be by going to Congress, because as we touched on earlier, there's something about going to that event, isn't there? Yeah. If anyone is contemplating it or questioning whether they should be going, why should they certainly make the trip to Telford? I think as we touched on, it's that going to that lecture and then talking about it and then by talking about what you've learned you help formulate ideas you can bounce ideas you know off of it obviously you know I'm a nutritionist I'm a clinic nurse so I would go to a lecture say on diabetes and they might go oh what about this new diet and I can then go to the exhibition and talk to those people about that new diet that so how does that actually work? What does this do? You know, and you you miss that. You're not able yeah. to do that in, in a webinar. You're not then, you know, able to process those ideas, formulate the plan. I love the fact that it, the practice that I've, I've worked for in the last sort of 20 years, we always have this, this rule that you go to a lecture, you have to write up your notes, and then you disseminate that throughout the practice. Now, myself and my boss went to exactly the same lecture. And she <laughs> sat next to me. <laughs> And it was on diabetes. So um, we, you know, got back home, we wrote up our notes, we disseminated them. And I was like, oh, I wonder what she wrote. Her notes were completely and utterly different. The things that she prioritised from that lecture was completely different to what I might take her messages. So when we actually sat down and talked about it, because I was like, that is so funny that our lecture notes are so different. Yeah, yeah. We had a little chat and she was like, oh, well, I thought that was important. I was like, yeah, but what about that? What about this? And we 
actually then formulated a plan, you know, this is years ago, about doing diabetes clinics and, and stuff. So I think yeah. it's vital that, that even if it's you go with someone from your practice and you go and you sit in the same lecture, that you still talk about it, you know, you reflect on what, what was said and, you know, that's how we get new ideas and that's really going to ultimately benefit our patients. And we can't ignore the social aspect. You know, Congress is a perfect opportunity, especially after the last couple of years. Let your hair down. Yeah. See friends. So I'm, again, <laughs> I'm, I'm very introverted. So I find actual social stuff really difficult. Okay. Um, but actually, I need to do it, though. I need to interact with other people. It's part of my mental health that I have to speak to other human beings. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'd just be sit in this room with my little cavalier and we would just not talk to anyone for days on end. <laughs> so even though I really have to mentally prepare myself for Congress, I know that when I get there, I will really enjoy it. I know I'm going to see lots of people that you know I haven't seen in ages. And it's really, really important to do that. So from my point of view, it's vital for my mental health that I do you know, see other like-minded vet nurses. <laughs> well, we'll certainly see you there. Yeah, yeah. We can't wait. And we hope many, many, many other VNs do the same because it's certainly going to be fun. And there's certainly a very important message to get across, isn't there? Definitely, yes. Excellent. Nicola, this has been fantastic. We're looking forward to getting back to Congress. We're looking forward to your keynote. We're looking forward to the whole event in general. And we will see you in Telford in October. Fabulous. <laughs>